Welcome back, you beautiful people, to the Connor Man's Answer Show, episode number 98. Today we got Kendall Blakely, or One Way King Zoe, on the podcast. He's an independent recording artist from Las Vegas, Nevada, who plans on traveling to all 50 states here in this next coming year. I'm sorry, I have been absent recently. I cut my hair off. I had spring break. I did a lot of things. Those will all be coming up in future episodes. But until then, take a listen to episode 98 with One Way King Zoe. You know, it. I will start by saying I took a little bit of a break because I've been just, you know, I took my LSAT and then I um, went on spring break, my last spring break. But I, I feel kind of dishonest doing an episode right now because I cut my hair off. So I had a man bun, but it's all gone now. And my yeah, logo. Yeah, thanks, man. But my like, like before we introduce you, but like my logo has long hair and so now i'm having my artist friend oliver uh make me a new one but yeah off that digression what's up man welcome back just you know for people Appreciate who didn't you, you for people who didn't listen to the episode last time just introduce yourself who you are how i know you and what you do bro uh shit my name is kendall blakely uh, i make music my rap name is owkz one way kings uh me and Colin went to high school together and played on the same football team. So that's how we met. That's how we know each other. And shit, we're just still in touch. Yeah, man. And it's – and the cool thing, like I think we talked about this last time, is that like we're both doing something that's completely different, but it's man. it's a creative endeavor, you know, and it's yeah. it's, it's bringing something positive to the world. And, you know, I, I see a lot of things on um, – you know, I, I go on TikTok a lot. I don't know if you do, but like, cause I create content and most of my content, I make it for YouTube. Cause that's where I get most of my views, like audio. I get most of my podcast listens through like Spotify and Apple podcasts, but I get most of my like clips and episode, like, like teaser kind of content out on YouTube. But I, yeah. I create them through TikTok and everything. And the cool thing about an app like that, and the cool thing about people that I know, like you and Jake and even scales to an extent is like, you can really market yourself in, in 2022, unlike any time before. And, and this is the perfect time to do something creative because there's no limits to what you can, can and cannot do. You know what I mean? No, I feel you, man. You could do anything at this point. All you need is a phone and somewhere to upload your content for real. Mm-hmm. So what have you been doing recently with the music stuff? Have you been traveling a lot? Have you just been like hunkering down and writing? What has 2022 the beginning looked like for you? 2022 the beginning, man, I've just been, you know, more focused on normal life shit. I just had a kid and uh, he's uh, he's three months. He's three months now. So I've really been focusing on that. I haven't been doing too much music, but I got a a lot of songs wrote this year. I've wrote like 14, 15 songs. I just haven't went to the uh, studio to record it yet. So really, uh, yeah, I'm in the writing stage right now, you know, but I'm, I'm going to get back in the studio real soon and start putting shit out again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last time we talked, you were talking about investing in some real estate and doing things like that. Yeah. Have you have you started to do that or has that tapered away uh, since you had a kid? Uh, that did change since I had a kid because after, after I found out I was about to have a kid, you know, I wanted to uh, make sure everything was right for him, you know. So instead of investing into things like that, it went towards like all the stuff that he would need, you know, mm-hmm. and my music too. So I think uh, real estate going have to happen this year though, for sure. You know, now that I'm getting back on track and f- getting back to focusing 
on what I got going on. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, one thing I always hear is that as soon as no one prepares you to have a kid, but as soon as you do, it changes your viewpoint on everything. Man. What has changed for you since the birth of your son? And also, what is his name? Yeah. You don't mind by sharing. He's, he's a junior. His name's Kendall, too. So nice. I call him KJ. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But shit, since having a kid, bro, nothing's really changed, bro. I'm, I'm really still focused on the same goals, you know, because my goals are going to be good for him, too, you know. But uh, we're really, if, if anything did change, bro, I just want to get more money, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I already wanted to make more money than I'm making, but, and I'm making good money, but you know what I mean? Like, now that I have a kid, I just want him to have everything and anything he ever needed, you know? I don't ever want him to go without, you know? So I just want to create a better life for him than I had. No, yeah, definitely. And like, it seems like it's more like your life just kind of like, you're like, you're doing things for him now too. It just kind of like adds more fuel to the flame. It's not like you can be as reckless or as like, you know, like as individualistic. It's almost like a, it's like a a forced collectivization when you have a kid. He's now a part of you and half your life is protecting and creating a life for that man, you know? Definitely, man. I feel that a hundred percent. That's exactly how I've been feeling lately. Like, it's not just about me no more, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, now I have a mouth to feed, so it's like, you know, everything is more serious at this point, you know? Like, I don't have room to fuck up. Yeah, no, definitely. And so I'm about to go to law school next year. Uh, I don't know where exactly. Congratulations. Thanks, man. But I... I'm going to need a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, you got me. <laughs> uh but I like, it's like, I'm still like on my own, you know, like I'm like still like by myself. Like if I had a kid right now, I, it, my whole life would be like almost tunneled, you know, almost tunnel vision. Yeah. Like I could fuck up right now and like understand that I got people behind me that could support me if I, if I like re- severely messed my life off. But like yeah. a lot of the time when you're sitting there and your life takes a different route or, or you have a, like the birth of your son or a daughter, it's like, you're like, all right, it's my time now to hunker down and be the provider and be, be the man that, that my family needs. And, you know, this is like the whole woke agenda. Like I get it and stuff like breaking down toxic masculinity and all that stuff. But it's like, I feel like when something as biological as having a kid breaks out, it does make those like in, innate, like people, like aspects, traits come out, like being a man providing and like, and then being like a mother caring, you know, giving, nurturing, like those things just innately come out when you have a son or a daughter. Do you feel that way? Uh, yeah. If anything, man, I just feel like, uh, I want to protect him more, you know, mm-hmm. like, cause uh, I, I've always been a provider and a go getter and, you know, that type of thing. But now I just, uh, I'll be thinking about protecting him. Like, I, just, I don't know. I've always been very aware of my surroundings though, you know, mm-hmm. but now it's like on a different level, you know, so I just be uh, trying to move better and, you know, move smarter. Yeah. And I think we talked about this last time too, but like, I, you know, I want to get your perspective, perspective again. It's like, do you like, we talked about how like, you're, you're not that you're not like tough or anything, but you're like, a, you're a nice dude, you know, you're, you're a caring, you're a caring man. And, but you like, look extremely like physically scary on the outside and how people <laughs> perceive you, you know, how people perceive you. Yeah. Have you found that like, you know, like 
now raising a son and stuff, you have to teach him when he's growing up the way that society views black men and just men in general, tough people and how to like be caring, but also still be strong and also how to take that in and how to channel like, you know, what it's going to be like for him. You know, have you ever thought about that? Yeah, definitely. I've thought about that because, uh, you know, I've experienced some situations in my life, you know, and I just want him to be able to handle them the same way and not act in a way that could end him up, you know, hurt or in jail, you know? So, so definitely, yeah, I know I'm going to have to teach him and explain to him why it's different and, you know, how he should act about certain things and, mm-hmm. you know, like how, how he should respond to certain situations. You know, sometimes I, I think about this cause you know, I'm about to go to law school, but I studied, uh, philosophy and, and politics the last four years just because that's like the stepping stone to to law school and i've thought about this especially in the united states the life that you know people live is so different you know than than people really think like the life i live versus the life you live versus the life a woman lives versus the life a a, a hispanic woman lives you know they're they're all so different and and we forget sometimes especially me and like other people we forget sometimes how you know, how families and cultures are so different and like what you have to teach the next generation is so particular to who those people are. And, and, you know, especially in a climate like right now where it's super hostile, you know, and it's super anti everything and, and inflation's rising and there's a war going on. It's, it seems as though like at, at some level, those those differences like the differences in, in race and gender and, and 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 everything they need to go away and we, everyone needs to be like all right you know we're in this together you know it's at some level that that has to be the case but at another level it's like but these lives are so different and like me versus you getting pulled over is such a different experience that you could only teach it to someone who looks like you you know it's it's a hard yeah. question but it's such such a different reality for everyone you know definitely man I definitely feel like uh, now is more than a time than ever that we all need to come together, you know, because uh, it is a lot of bullshit going on right now. And like, yeah, and like you said, bro, it would be hard for me to explain how it feels to be pulled over, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, when I get pulled over, even if I didn't do shit wrong, bro, I'm already feeling like fuck, you know? And I, uh, I carry a gun, but it's legal, you know? Mm-hmm. So when I get pulled over, you know, I still be feeling a little iffy, like, damn, I got a firearm, I'm black, I got my whole face and neck is tatted, you know, like, I'm already fitting that type of description, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's uh, it's nerve-wracking for me when I get pulled over. Like, just, bro, just last night, bro, I got followed home. I live in a, a nicer neighborhood, you know, and I, uh, I drive a Mercedes-Benz, and this uh this cop passed me going this way. Like I'm going, I'm passing him, he's passing me. And he fucking flips a bitch, bro, and gets behind me and follows me all the way to my neighborhood. Like I'm talking like two two stoplights and a stop sign, bro. And I know he was reading my plates, but there was nothing on there for him to, you know, there's no reason to pull me over, bro. And he followed me all the way, literally until I turned into like where I park at. Shit was crazy. Yeah, and like situations like that are so weird. So I'm gonna preface this by saying I'm actually taking a course on police right now, like the history yeah. of policing and stuff. And it it's so prevalent that that happens, and and like it's such a 
it's such a weird phenomenon because it's like you can't explain it. Like in your situation, it's like I'm not doing anything wrong. Why is it happening to me? And then from their situation, it's like they don't even know they're doing it half the time. They're being racist, but it's just so implicit that like it's like on action. And it, it, you know, one of the things that I've learned within the last few years, I mean, obviously like living with Dion, like I've I've seen, you know, one of the examples before I get into this, one of the examples I'll get into is we got pulled over. I'm driving on the way back to Oregon. We go to the same school, right? And after we get pulled over, you know, me being a young, dumb white kid, you know, I'm, I'm just like reaching to grab my shit, you know, like I'm reaching yeah. to grab my, like the glove, the stuff out of the glove box, you know, like the title or whatever. No, that's the title, but like the insurance and stuff. Yeah. And Dion's got his hands on the dash, you know, he's like, stop moving, stop moving. And, yeah. and like, I, I, I reflect on that. And I think in that moment of, of, of both of our ignorance in a sense, you know, but I think about it and how like, back to something I said like a couple minutes ago, it's like those, our realities are so different and what, what we were told by our parents are so different. And like my experience with police officers is never that, you know, I need to be aware of what's going on because I, because, you know, I, I don't have to fear for that, you know, but his experience is like that. And so when you get followed by home, like you said, you're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. The only thing that you have to do is you're driving something nice and, and, and you're a black man. That's literally it. And so like, that it's so prevalent that it's like it, it creates this like this question is like what how do you stop that from occurring you know what is mm-hmm. next like how do you like take away this implicit bias of these of these people while also still like protecting communities you know yeah man one i got pulled over uh maybe a few months ago and when i did get pulled over he was like uh he asked me he said how do you afford this car that's what he said you know like he wouldn't ask you that question I don't feel like it, you know, or, may, you know, maybe some people would like if they really liked the car, but I knew he didn't mean it like that, you know? And, uh, I don't know. Shit like that kind of bugged me. I'm like, bro, like really irritating. I'm like, man, get out of my face. That's, how, yeah. that's what I'd be wanting to say. But of course I'm not going to say that, you know? And, uh, there's something else I was just about to say, man. Fuck. I hate when it happens when you lose yeah. your uh, train of thought, man, what was I just about to say? Damn, I forgot. Fuck. No, you're good. If you remember, it'll, it'll come back to me. Yeah, it reminds me of. Uh, oh, okay. I, I remember. Go ahead. I remember now. Look, that's crazy, huh? But uh, like you said, when, when you got pulled over, you're like reaching around for your stuff mm-hmm. and grabbing shit. When I'm getting pulled over, bro, as I'm like pulling over, I'm already grabbing that shit out of there. And so when he gets to the window, I mm-hmm. can literally just hand him everything without having to reach for anything and then put my hands back on the steering wheel. Yeah. Like, so I don't have to reach for shit, you know, mm-hmm. because that's that same time when they asked me, uh, how do I afford that car? Yeah. You know, uh, uh, I was reaching into the glove box. This is what made me do that type of thing. Though, you know, I was reaching into the glo- glove box and he actually, it was a cop on this window and a cop on this window. And they had me roll all four windows down and they look, you know, with the flashlights at night. So they're looking in the car and shit. And he asked for my license registration and shit. So I'm grabbing, I'm reaching to grab my uh, license and registrations out of the glove box. And uh, he's like, easy, like, slow down. You're like, slow, slow, you know? Like, come on, man. I'm trying to go home like you. Yeah. You know, buddy, I'm not about to do nothing stupid, you know? Yeah, it's such a power dynamic for those motherfuckers. It's like, yeah. it's- I have a theory too. What's your theory? Uh, not all cops, you know, I've met some cool cops, you know, yeah. 
I've met some cool cops who are real laid back and genuine people. But I feel like the majority of them were kids that got bullied in fucking school and then graduated and became cops. You know, and now they're using that power, mm. you know, because they didn't mm. have that power. So they're manipulating that power now, you know. Somebody who's never had power, when they get the slightest amount of power, they're going to abuse it, you know? And that's what I think when it comes to, like, over-excited cops, like cops who want something to occur, you know? Mm-hmm. Like they're looking for a reason. I feel like that's those kids. But like I said, I, I've met a, met some real cool laid-back cops who weren't even on that type of time, you know? Just doing their job, giving me a speeding ticket and getting on with their day, you know? Yeah. So not Like I said, not all cops, but some of them, man, I feel like are those people who are power hungry. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely. And, never had it. Yeah. yeah. And some of them, like, maybe they don't even know. Maybe they're getting into it for the right reasons. But once they get that power, it's it, it corrupts, you know. Because yeah. who uh, polices the police? I've seen, I've seen cops on their phone. You know, I've seen cops run stop signs. I've seen cops do fucking 90 on the freeway. And I'm getting pulled over for doing 85, you know, 90, you know. So they're doing the same thing that they're telling us not to do, you know. Mm-hmm. That exact question is why, like, things that are, like, police commissions, so, like, civilian commissions to, like, uh, basically police to police are being created. In, like, Portland, there's a, okay. there's, a, there's a civilian commission to, like, it's like a board that's, like, a committee that's going to be commissioning the police. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's a good question, dude. It's it's tough because, you know, I just read the history of policing America and and not only is it like police is just like this with the military in the United States, yeah. but it's also, as everyone knows, linked with racism, 100%. Uh-huh. Policing America is 100% linked with racism. We know that. Like, you, you can't – it's an undeniable fact. Like, yeah. Jim Crow laws existed until the yeah. 1960s. Like, it's – you know, and, you know, and we talk about a lot about the policing of black Americans, but, you know, what we, what we don't talk about, like, is, is the policing of Indian people, or I guess the book yeah. uses it as Indians, but it's Native Americans, and how, yeah. you know, we were just hor- – the, the old police forces were just horrible to these people, and militaries, and so it's – it's tough because like you said, there are a lot of cops in today who are just like, yeah. they're, they're, they're not necessarily racist or, or even maybe even have any biases, but they're, they're being, they're corrupted by the systematic problems of the entire police force. You know, the problems yeah. that have existed throughout history in the United States, they whittle down, you know, into the, into the police force. So like the blue coat of silence, an example of that is like how police, they, they're, they're brothers and they don't speak on corruption or they don't speak on things, bad things. Like let's say a, a bad situation occurred. They would lie for them, you know, yeah, to back the brothers, which is like, a, like a, it's trust and loyalty, but it's also yeah. like, because of that, we have things like racism that get to slip through the system. Yeah. And so, you know, in, in that instance, it's like, I'm not smart enough to decide what the next move is, you know, but it's, it, there's so many problems. And I think that's part of the outcry today is like, there's so many problems that exist with racism, especially with policing and especially with black Americans. That's like, where can we go from here without flipping the system upside down entirely? You know? Yeah. I really don't even understand why, uh, why racism is a thing, man. Like, 
I don't either, man. We all bleed. We all need air. We all need water and food to survive, you know. And we're at some point, we're all alike, you know. We're all trying to survive, keep a roof over our head, food in the refrigerator, a nice paying job. And, you know, like we, we, we don't or not even a nice paying job, a nice paying, you know, a nice income in general. It doesn't even have to be a nine to five, you know, just a, a nice income that can support your lifestyle, you know. And nobody, uh, nobody was really here besides the Native Americans. You know, everybody else migrated here, you know? Like, racism shouldn't be a thing, you know? Like, no, nobody was here in America but uh, Native Americans, right? Correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so different I'll, tribes and stuff. Yeah, so it doesn't make sense why racism even exists when this is a country of immigrants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I think it started out as like the fear of the other, you know, like people who yeah. don't look like you and don't live like you. They, yeah, I think racism is definitely is a uh, fear has to do with, with oh, uh, insecurities, sure. definitely insecurities or fear, you know, that not make sense for it to be just strictly hatred. Yeah. You know, cause I think hatred is stemming from fear and insecurities. For sure. I don't think I don't think you can say anybody who has ever hated anyone hasn't either feared that person and or um resented because of something that happened or you yeah. know, like in some at some level there's it's such a weird thing because it's so prevalent but it's so like non existent in our everyday lives. You know, like going to growing up going to basic, there wasn't any like yeah white yeah. people you know, you know we weren't we didn't hate each other we all just kind of hung i out. never felt i never felt uncomfortable at basic bro or no, even even over there yeah like at all like it was all uh good vibes everywhere you know and if you didn't like somebody it was not because the color of their skin. yeah it definitely wasn't because the color they were being a bitch you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> man yeah, there's never any type – I've never seen any type of racism there, you know? And and I think that's true of, like, the majority of people. But there are people and yeah. that, you know, there's grand, people's grandfathers, yeah. and it slips yeah, through. There's, there's people who truly believe that they, <laughs> they're better than other people. And it's yeah, it's, a, it's such a weird thing. Man, you know that, where I did experience racism? Where? Fucking Iowa, bro. When I went to go play football out there, heavy racism out there, bro. Like, I'm talking about just heavy. And really, bro, it, they didn't even know they were being racist. There were just certain remarks and mm-hmm. questions that they would ask, and it would come off as racist, or they wouldn't even understand it. And some people would tell me that, like, they'd be like, because they, they grew up on a farm somewhere in Iowa, not, not in the city, you know, because I went to Des Moines which is the biggest city in Iowa. And uh, the kids that were coming to that school were uh, were um, from like farms, like small towns and things. And they'd be like, you're the first black person I've ever seen. And like in person, though, they're not talking about TV. Like, yeah, they've seen them on TV, movies, things like that. But in person, they're like, you, you're the first uh, black person I've ever seen. Why is your hair like that? Uh, you know, like just quite, yeah. I'm like, God damn, <laughs> I'm here to play uh, ball and go to school, man. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, I definitely, for those people, I think a lot of that is just like curiosity, you yeah. know, like they've been told like, yeah. it's, it's, 
they they've heard and they've they they lived a life of yeah. of quiet you know white remarks and then they yeah. get to be there and they're like i don't necessarily hate this person but this person doesn't look like me what does this person live like you know exactly yeah. i think we're blessed to live in somewhere like as diverse as las vegas or we were to grow up because like we like i said we we grew up in in a world where like there were white kids saying the n-word and no one was saying anything yeah. to them because they didn't they weren't using it as a derogatory term they were using it as yeah. like a a friendly like homeboy yeah and like that and and you know looking back it's not the right thing to do you shouldn't do that but it's also like when you're young and dumb like it's if if you're all like thinking everyone's the same you know what's what's the problem with that you know what's the problem with thinking everyone's alike and and you know getting along with everybody Uh i wanted to ask you something that i thought of because i was thinking about will smith in the in the um Men in Black when he was pulled over when you when you got pulled over when you were telling that yeah. story and he was like he was like just because you see a black man driving a car doesn't mean he stole it, but that made me think of Will Smith smacking the shit out of Chris Rock and I wanted to get your opinion on that and what you thought about that whole situation. Man, honestly, I feel like uh, I know there's a there's a line with loyalty, you know, but. Uh, I feel like his wife hasn't been loyal to him. You know, I, I'm not going to go out my way to protect a woman who's embarrassing me. You know, so, uh, of course, if somebody's bad-mouthing my, uh, my wife or my girl or, you know, I'm going to defend her. But uh, Chris Rock is a comedian, first of all. He's supposed to make fun of shit and bring light to stuff in a funny way, you know? I'm sure he didn't mean it as in trying to bully her or, you know? He was just being funny, like how he is. Like he was at the Oscars, he's making jokes, he's trying to make people laugh, you know? That's yeah. all he was doing. And I feel like Will, uh, I feel like Will took it too far, especially to defend somebody who, who's been embarrassing him for the past two years, you know? Like it'd be different. And he would still be wrong, even if, even if his wife was uh, being loyal you know, in the way she should be. I feel like he still took that joke to heart and Chris Rock didn't mean it that way. Yeah. You know, and it's it's alopecia. A lot of people have alopecia. It's not like uh, she's dying or, you know, she's just losing her hair. People go bald all the time. Yeah. All the time, bro. People go, people lose their hair with age. It happens. And, and you know, I don't feel like uh, he took that shit way out of proportion. Mm-hmm. You know, like he didn't have to do all of that, and really, he could have just said, "He could have just said, keep your keep my wife from him out your mouth." He didn't got. He didn't have to get up out of his seat, walk up on stage, and slap him. And if he felt, if he honestly felt some type of way about it, bro, he could have been a man and talked to him in private. Like, hey, man, I didn't like how you were talking about my wife. Da 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 da. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. You know, he could have said it like that, but he uh, he embarrassed himself and. I can relate to it though because I've I, it's been times where I've acted out of anger, you know, and did some shit in front of a bunch of people where, you know, maybe I didn't have to do it that way, you know, maybe I could have spoke to that person in private instead of you know slapping the fuck out of them in person, like you know, like Will Smith, man, he didn't have to do all that, but I I definitely see where he was coming from, but I feel like he uh, he took it too far. Mm-hmm. over a joke yeah i honestly i think you hit the nail on the coffin i think 
you know, there's many times I'm sure he was drinking. I'm sure, he, you know, and there's a lot of times where someone said yeah, something yeah. to me when I was drinking that rubbed me the wrong way and we get into an altercation, you know? Um, and you know, there's, I, I take it two way. I think he was out of pocket. I think that's, you're at an, the Oscars, bro. I yeah. think you're like, you cannot act that way. Like that's not a civilized way of acting. Um, and then another part of me thinking, see, yeah, he should bet. He should get all the, the consequences that he deserves from the altercation. But then also like, yeah, this is the perfect time for somebody to fuck up and you to forgive them. And then yeah. they come back better. You know, like this, yeah. I hate how if people make one mistake, you like, we just crucify them now. Yeah. Nowadays. Like That's why can't crazy. people make mistakes and then get better? You know what I thought about the other day? I thought about, could you imagine, let's say someone grew up with a family that was super fucking racist and yeah. they instilled those, those beliefs and they were hatred and they were racist or and you know, but then they grew up and the, and, and they're like, you know what? This is not the way I want to live. And they actually made an effort and they changed the way and they really resented the way they were before, but they changed their beliefs and they, and they stood up and they, and for the rest of their life, they, they made a dedication to help people in, um, of that my, a minority class who they didn't like, like, isn't that something we would, we would, we would like, like, you know, I feel like isn't yeah. that something you want in people is for people to have yeah. ignorant beliefs and for them to change them and be better. And, and that's like the extreme, you know, someone being racist and changing it. We don't even let people make a bad joke and come back from that. You know, we don't let people yeah. make a mistake at all. And I think it is so dangerous. It is, man, because, you know, it only takes – and that's – that's we've both experienced that, man. You know, like not being able to fuck up because they're going to make an example out of – you know, we. I feel like uh, anybody who's – been in that situation, should know how it feels, and they shouldn't. They shouldn't try to do that to somebody else. You know, like uh, they're gonna. I feel like they're gonna try to take away that award he got. Oh, you know, I think they already did oh, the situation, and uh, he worked years and years and years and years and years and years to get that award. You know, that's not like an overnight success. You know, it took him a long time. You know. Yeah. And uh, I feel like it only it only takes one time and then to fuck up and everybody is going to badmouth you and say you're horrible and you're you're uh, you're violent and you're just not a good person and forget about all the good shit you did. You know, like all that shit's out the door. And let's be honest, it could have been a lot worse. He could have really like beat the fuck out of him on stage, on TV in front of millions of people, but he slapped him. It could have been a punch, you know? He could have he could have made Chris Rock bleed. He could have slapped teeth out of his mouth. He could have fucking slapped his eyeball out of his head if he hit him hard enough, you know? So it, it could have been a lot worse. And man, it was it was a slap. You know, he doesn't deserve to lose that award. Maybe, you know, maybe something else. I don't know. Maybe uh he can't come to next year's Grammy. You know, something like that. Or really, just forgive it, man. We've all, I feel like everybody's hit somebody, man, at some point in their life. And even if it was jokingly, you know, you still put your hands on somebody. And uh, I feel like it's, it, it, it shouldn't be blown out of proportion because then they're just doing the same thing he did. You know, they're overreacting to something that, you know, doesn't have to be that serious. Did Chris Rock press charges? 
No, I don't think he did. So obviously he's not taking it that serious, you know, or else anybody who was taking it serious like that, you know, if he was, he would have pressed charges or he would have fought back, you know, if it was really that serious to him. They've both apologized to each other. It looks like they've handled it themselves. You know, it doesn't they don't need the Oscars to step in and handle anything else. Or the was it the Grammys or the Oscars, bro? It's Oscars, Oscars. Oh, yeah. They don't need uh, the Oscars to step in and police, bro. They've already handled it themselves. Police is the Grammys. I'm just like <laughs> the Grammy police. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, I. I think that I think it said the Grammy governors or something like that. Really? I think I saw that. Yeah, like the GGs. <laughs> well, it just goes to show you that, like, how show business people who are in show business and in hollywood they just live such a different life than everybody like they they live in a fantasy world where they think they can just do whatever the hell they want to do it's like like first and foremost like you can't get up and just slap the shit out of whoever you want in public like yeah like without at least getting hit back like that's the crazy thing like that's yeah i feel like christian has shocked his ass or something i See, I, I, I think so too, but also, like, I think Chris Rock handled it perfectly because he is on live television, yeah, you know? He and, did show composure. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, whatever, like... And that takes a lot. He didn't even say a bad joke. He didn't even be like, bro, that's why your wife's fucking August Elf. He could have said hella shit, bro. He could have got on that... no, if he would have said head. that, it would have been a full... If he, if he would have said that to Will? Yeah, it would be a full-blown, like, fist fight, bro. Yeah. I, bro, really, I, I feel like that's what Will was mad about. Oh, he's mad sure. at, he's taking it out on the wrong person. He's mad because he thinks the public I think what happened was he was drinking, you know, and at first he's like, the public has been making me and my wife look a fool for the last year, year and a half. Really, it's his wife making him look a fool. Yeah, but like, you know, it's hard to like see that in the, all the emotion, yeah. you know, and someone you love. Yeah. And so he like just saw red. He saw her mad. He's like, This is my time to defend her. And he got mad, and then he slapped him, and then he yelled at him. But That's like, why you gotta keep you gotta keep that shit private, man. Like, uh, uh, I don't I don't feel like uh, at any point, you know, no no matter how famous you are, you should always try to keep your personal life, you know, between you and whoever's in it. You know, it shouldn't be broadcasted across the internet and TV. You know, like that. Mm-hmm. Some things are life should always be private you know like that whole situation could have been avoided if they weren't airing out their dirty laundry yeah that that whole thing with her like talking about that his and like their entanglement and dude it just again it's just another like those people live in such a different world dude like they, yeah. their lives are their lives are online their lives are like manipulated onto a screen or it's like that's not how it's not how life works you know i i think one thing that social media does is it amplifies the negative side effects of like like mental illness and narcissism just as much as it it like brings apart like the way we can have this podcast and have a conversation you know all the benefits aside it, it, it exemplifies narcissism 
most people who are extremely successful in in show business i would say are a little bit narcissistic you know they they like seeing themselves they like hearing yeah. things about them they like getting awards and feeling prestigious and that's okay you know it's to be self motivated and confident but it, it, it example it makes it so like you have these reality tv sit show things yeah. sit downs where just weird shit happens yeah and it's and it and it's mass propaganda making kids think they're nothing if they're not famous or beautiful at, at society standards or rich and it's disgusting for one but for two it's like nobody gives a shit about you fucking like people care because of the clickbait and people will watch it but nobody really yeah. if you care about another man getting cheated on like like to your core if you care about that just because they're famous you got your own problems to work out yeah, and if you care about anything that's going on, and if you care too much, you know about yeah. anybody who's famous, you know. Yeah, I feel like it's a, uh, it's a little weird, you yeah. know. Like at some point, you got to realize you're they're human just like you, you know. It's not like they bleed differently or anything. We're all human, and it's a uh, it's a little weird to idolize them too much. Of course, you can have a favorite. You know, or somebody you uh, you you look up to in some type of way. You know, or somebody who motivates you. But uh, I feel like once it gets to a certain point, it's weird. Like when you're like over idolizing them, like to where you're you're projecting them as a god or something. You know? Yeah, and not to like not that these are like your idols or anything, but like yeah. who have you modeled your rap career after? Like who are your favorite rappers of all time who you like kind of like build off of, you know, in a healthy way? Man. I uh, I think Drake is the best of all time. I'm not gonna lie. I've always loved Drake, bro. Like favorite rapper ever. Favorite rapper, singer, like and uh he puts up the numbers, bro. Like you gotta look at how long he's been in the top ten, you know? Mm-hmm. Been there forever, like since I was seventh grade, eighth grade, you know, all the way until now, and I'm 23. So, you know, I feel like Drake, uh, and I don't take, I don't take after Drake at all. You know, I don't rap or make music like him, but I feel like he's like, he's number one for sure. And, if you had to say someone you do rap like, or you would like, em- like, like emphasize their style because you rap like them, who would it be? Uh, shit. Damn near most of Detroit, bro. Yeah. Damn near most of Detroit. I really, I really, really, really think uh, PZ is super hard. He's my favorite Detroit rapper. I actually just got a. I, I did a song with him not too long ago and shot a video. Yeah. And, yeah. And I have said that in a different interview. They're like, if you could work with anybody, who would you work with? And I said, I'll work with Peasy. And I think like three months later, I ended up getting a feature from him and shooting a video. That shit was dope. Peasy definitely, though. Like, I can uh, I can relate a lot to Peasy's music, you know? I could take a lot from it. That's super dope, bro. And like, to, yeah. just to make music with someone you like, you look up to that much, like, it's got to be like almost like, it's almost got to be like, holy shit, for a second. But then you start to be like, nah, I deserve this. Like, this is like, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life type shit. It was actually, it was shocking to me. And, you know, when 
when it first happened, I was like, God damn, this is crazy. I never thought, I didn't think it was going to happen that fast, you know, mm-hmm. but it, it, it happened like literally two months after that interview. It's crazy. Yeah. Do you think that now that you've like met people and you've created music and you've hit numbers, like your idea of success and fame has changed, has grown? Have you had a different outlook on what you think about people who get numbers? Like, has your mindset changed of what you think about rappers, what you think about fame and success? Um, I think there's a there's a lot of uh, actors, you know, like. Um, there's a lot of kids who hear what these rappers rap about and then they go do it in real life. And uh, I feel like uh, these kids should understand that a lot of these guys aren't living what they're rapping, you know? Like, and they shouldn't take it like, oh, little Dirk is out here killing people. Let me go kill people or let me go rob somebody or let me go break into somebody's house, you know? Even if he was doing that before, he's not doing it right now. Yeah. You know, you know, even if he did grow up like that, he's not doing that right now. And kids are are taking that from music and actually going to commit these crimes, you know. So uh, if there's one thing I could say is that they should understand it's entertainment. Like if they're watching a movie, a movie or a TV show, it's for entertainment, you know. There are some, some rappers who are still living what they're rapping about, but the majority of them are lying or making or, or rapping about something they used to do. You know, they're not doing it right now. And uh, another thing is uh, <clears throat> I'm not really too worried about being famous. You know, if fame happens, it's going to happen because I'm promoting myself on bigger platforms, you know. I'm not really chasing fame though at all. I'm really uh really chasing money. You know, I want I want to get paid from this. I don't really care too much about being on a, a Drake level or a little Dirk level. I, I wanna I wanna be at the level where I can make uh, you know, twenty to thirty K a month off shows and another twenty to thirty K a month off features. Mm-hmm. And another twenty to thirty k a month off streams, you know. Once I'm at that level, and you could be there without being famous, you know. That that only takes a couple thousand fans, you know. Maybe like I don't know, maybe a ten ten thousand solid fans out of all the people in the world, you know, to create that type of income. So I'm not really too worried about fame, but and if it came, I, I would take it. But it's not something I'm like stressing over. I'd rather get get rich off of this shit than, you know, than to be famous. There's a lot of famous people that are broke. A lot of famous rappers who are not living how you really think they're living, you know? And I've seen that while doing all, while working with these people and traveling. And there's a lot of people who are lying and renting cars and, and uh, renting Airbnbs. These are not their houses. These are not their cars. And, that's, and most of the time, it's not real money they're throwing in that video. Yeah, I, I always told myself that when I started doing like something like this podcast for the numbers or for the, the fame of it or for the cloud or for, you know, I would stop doing it because I did not this, worth it. It's not worth it. I did this because 
first off, didn't mean to. Second off, I did it because it's fun as fuck. I keep doing it because it's fun. I like talking yeah. to everybody. And, you know, I started getting like, I started reaching like thousands of views, you know, on clips and, and, and shows and stuff and hundreds of views on full episodes. And I was like, you know, this is dope and I want more. You know, I started getting greedy. Yeah. I started thinking about the numbers and I was like, you know, people sit down and they are afraid to do anything to start anything, but they really want to. And you did it and I, and you had the balls. So who gives a fuck who watches your shit? Like you have people who are watching yeah. it and you are good at what you do, you know? And I, and then I, I had a real, real, I had a realization that it's not about, it's not about fame. It's not about success. Cause you don't really want that. You know, what you want is to like be successful enough to where you aren't like starving and you, and you can, do yeah. things and you can live life yeah. and have luxuries, but you also want to do something that you feel fulfilled and you feel happy at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and you can't do that if you're chasing fame, you know, you can do that if you're, if you're, if you're chasing something you love or, or chasing more money because you're making money, you know, you, you got, you got to pick something though. You can't, can't want like you can want it like oh my goal is hundred a thousand more fans you know blah blah, blah. you know that's, yeah. those are goals to have good goals to have but if you're like i want more and more and you get greedy i think it's it's not worth it you know just yeah. have fun with what you do you only get one life who cares what who what other people think of you facts and uh fans are different than being famous you know because mm-hmm. a fan is somebody who's generally you know invested in what you have going on and then fame is like everybody in the world knows you you know that's what it feels like you know and they don't care they don't care what you got going on they just want to hear bad news about you or something exciting about you and that's what's going to keep you famous because good news doesn't really last long you know good news nobody wants to hear good news if you look at even if you look at all of the media coverage and you look at news stations how often do you see good shit on there when it's something like insanely great yeah 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 you rarely see it it's more like uh this many people died or (laughs) this this fucking car accident over here yeah or you never see oh jimmy has a scholarship to every prestigious school in the country you rarely see that you know you don't ever see anything that's positive Mm -hmm. on the media you know, so that's where I feel like that that correlates with fame. You know, uh, if if, you're, if bad shits happen to you, if you're doing bad shit, or uh, if you're just having an un, a unlucky time in your life, that's gonna keep you famous mm-hmm. rather than you doing something good. You know, so that's why I, fa- I feel like fame is different than having gen genuine fans. You know, people who care about what you have going on and are supporting it. Yeah, yeah. Uh I talked to this dude Mickey Dunkley and he he's like a real estate videography videographer but he um he calls those raving fans, you know, who are going to buy all your shit, who are going to listen to you, who are going to do everything for you and yeah. It's people don't understand until like they start creating content. People don't understand what it's like to have like people listening to you or watching you, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a weird dynamic, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, like yeah. they're spending all this time with you, but you're not spending any time yeah. with them. Yeah. It's that, 
I never thought about it like that, bro. Yeah. That is that is a little mind bottling right there. It, it's it's a freaky thing to think about because it's like, you know, me and you have this conversation, and let's say a hundred plus are gonna watch it and listen to it. So let's let's say I'd say on a on a, on a bad episode, 150 people are gonna watch it. And listen yeah. to us and full thing. Like let's say that those are the full streams. They listen to the whole thing. That's 150 people who are gonna listen to us and hang out with us without us at all. Like yeah. without us knowing them. And then also you gotta, <laughs> you gotta think about the thousands upon thousands of views that's gonna happen with just clips. Yeah. And it's like it, it, if you start thinking about that, it can really hurt your brain and be like, all right, what about what I got in the millions? You know, that's a million people who are like knowing who I am. And yeah. you start freaking the fuck out. And so it's like you got to be careful when you when you're generating these f- raving fans because they start to become come into your lives in ways that like you you know you got to make sure you have like a close net group of people who you can be actually intimate with because these people are going to come into your lives in ways that you don't even know if you want to be open to them about you know yeah they start to learn things about you they start to google things about you so all of a sudden everyone they it's know crazy about you. it's uh... crazy that shit's really crazy because I, I just Googled myself recently, bro, and uh, I have a Google Knowledge panel now. Holy shit. Yeah, so there's a, there's a photo of me up there, and it says my it says the record label that I created. I got an LSC for my record label. That's up under there now. All of my music videos pop up, and all of my music on Spotify, Apple, all of that shit pops up now. So... Uh, it is crazy to think that people are out there Googling and searching for you, you know? Like, and I never, I never thought about it, how you just explained it. That shit's very weird, you know? Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not saying, like, they're weird. No, no, it's, no. It's, it's weird to think, like, they are spending time with us and we're not spending time with them. Yeah. No, That's crazy. I'm not, I'm not saying anybody listening to this is a weirdo. I'm saying yeah. what we do. I do it with famous yeah. people all the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We yeah. do it. Yeah. to other people so it's it's crazy to think about it that way because i don't know how many times i've played all of jake's album yeah, exactly <laughs> you know like i don't know how many times i've done that and the way you just explained it is like damn i i know every word to mm-hmm. every song and he doesn't even know i exist well then you can start thinking about like how how much hate westbrook's getting right now just for basketball it's like you we have no idea what's going on in that man's head or his life or anything we just know what he happens when he shows up and he's video videoed you know he's on tv yeah. playing basketball and you literally have no idea what people go through you be tra- calling nba basketball players trash because on the bench because they break a shot yeah. it's like you, like be careful. These people are people. They're just, you just yeah. need to spend time with them and they don't even know who you are, you know? Yeah. It's weird. That shit, is, that shit is very crazy. And I've always found it funny when people call like pro athletes trash, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm like, I've, I don't think I've ever called a pro athlete trash, you know? I don't, I don't even really watch sports anymore at all. Why not? But, uh, I don't know, man. I, even even when I was playing sports, I never watched it, you know? Mm, yeah. And I never really played Madden either, bro. I, I was more of an NCAA. Shit, I, I get down on some Madden and take I, <laughs> Dude, I was NCAA all the way. Oh, I, I fucked with NCAA. That was my game. But I don't know. Like, uh, I, never, I never really watched football. I just loved to play it, man. Like. But I never, I never really enjoyed watching it too much, you know. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, 
I do it. I, I play football all day, like yeah. seven days a week. You know, I just didn't feel like watching it when I was done with practice or games, you know? Do you miss playing football? I'm not going to lie, I do. And uh, that's only because I loved it so much, man. I played football from, like, five years old until I was 20, you know? So I played from – I played all the way through Little League, all the way through elementary, all the way through middle school, all the way through high school, and three years of college, you know? So I played forever, bro. So it's it's hard for me not to miss it when that was my entire life, mm-hmm. you know? No, yeah, I totally know. I didn't play nearly as long as you. I only played sophomore year until senior year of college. I played seven years, which is still a long time. Yeah, that is a long time. That's a very long time, bro. But I played for like 14 years total. That's crazy, dude. That's insane. Yeah, Yeah. it is insane. (laughs) I haven't had enough time off to where I'm like able to miss it uh, because like I just ended this year, you know, this like last – in November. And so like, I haven't had a time. I can still itch though. I still get the itch. Like no one will text me to come out with like the young guys and I'll be like, yeah. dude, I kind of want to. <laughs> Man. Yeah, it's, it's hard to put the cleats down, you know? Yeah. I can't even, I can't even believe I stopped playing ball, bro. I don't know. At, at some point it, it wasn't fun to me anymore. You know, it became like a job. It became like dude in a job I didn't like, you know, like, I never thought it would get to that point, but I thought I was already consumed with football, you know, like overly consumed in high school. Like that that was all I did besides school and, you know, occasionally some other free time shit. But once I got to college, man, that shit was wake up at four in the morning, got uh, weightlifting at five in the morning, go to class. After class, we have a study hall, then a weight room again. Now we're out on the field, you know? Mm. I would wake up at 4 in the morning and wouldn't get done with school and football until like 10 at night. Yeah, it it becomes a shit ton of shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, it became very – it became too much, bro. And I I stopped enjoying it, you know? Like, it it stopped being like, oh, hell yeah. We got football practice today, you know, mm-hmm. and it became more like, damn, we got football practice, yeah. you know, like yeah. I was not excited about it anymore. It was more like a drag to have to do it. Dude, I was getting like such bad anxiety with football. It was weird. Like I stopped like it was it was just like it become like, oh, I would worry about like fucking up or I'd worry about like my spot getting taken or I'd worry about like just something that shit didn't really matter. Yeah. And it was causing me like absolute like bad dread and depression, and I, I hated it, dude. And and then until this last year when I like balled the fuck out, got second team all conference. <laughs> hey, uh, let's and, go! Congratulations. Thanks, man. But that and that was like the last. It was like a good shirah, like good goodbye. You know, I was I yeah. was like it was it was fun again, and and it, and there was still some dread in there and some like eh, but it was it was like i i could i had graduation goggles you know i knew i was done yeah. so i had to enjoy it um but yeah i mean it anything that becomes like that sometimes i'm like i'm about a podcast i'm like fuck i don't really want to do this shit it's like a job but then i yeah. do it and i'm like let's fucking go and i'll be like doing yeah. it and i'll be having fun i'll be flowing um but you know, when if I ever got on this podcast and I was talking, I was like, "This shit is fucking 
boring. I would be done because what's the point? What's the point in doing something you don't love? Like I don't – people who do something that they hate, right? And I get it if you have a family to feed and stuff. Yeah. If you if you have another option though, like I always love the quote. The quote goes, you know, spend your weekends uh, doing some um, building the life you want to have instead of uh, drinking away the one you hate. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and I love that quote because it's like you really can do that if you hate your life. Spend those weekends building up the ha- the habit or the skill you want to do. You know? Exactly. Instead of drinking away the sorrows you have, like, yeah, going to get yeah. a drink and celebrating is all fun yeah. and games once in a while. But, like, why don't you just do what you want to do on those weekends yeah. for without money so that you can build the life you want to have, you know? Exactly. No, I respect that 100%, man, because I just – I could never – I can never see myself, bro, doing that. I could never see myself uh, – working a job for 60 plus years, you know, doing something I absolutely can't fucking stand. You know, like, I, like you said, I understand it for people who are feeding a family and they, they need that job right now, you know, but like you said, man, they, they definitely need to uh, be investing their free time. Anytime outside of work where they're not sleep or taking care of family or chores and shit, you know, should be put into uh, building their future and a better a better environment for them, you know, because 60 years of doing something you hate, I, I know they're depressed, you know? Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't be, you know, to, to have to do that for their entire life, you know? So they should definitely be investing into something they love. Because once you start doing something you love, bro, it doesn't feel like a job, you know? You know, and until you don't love it anymore. So if you could find something that you really, really love and are genuinely invested in, it's never gonna feel like a job. And that's the dream for everybody, right? Or that should be the dream yeah. at least. Like Alan yeah. wants what said is like we go on we we spend our time doing things that we don't wanna do to go on to keep on going on doing things we don't want to do. You know, you continue delivering, you go to work to make, generate more money doing something you don't want to do just so you can continue to go to work to spend time doing things you don't Uh want to do. And it's damn near a trap. It is a trap. It's a rat race, bro. Some jobs will only pay you enough to survive to where you could never get ahead, which means you're relying on that now. Like they're going to give you this much to survive and you're going to take it and, and do what you need to do with it and come back to get that same thing you need to survive. Never, They'll never pay you enough to to get ahead and separate yourself. It won't happen, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, like you said, it's, it's damn near a trap. It's, it's, it keeps, it keeps the, the bottom people at the bottom and the top people keep getting richer and richer and richer. Yeah, man. That's crazy because when you really think about it, and I don't, no disrespect to anybody, you know, because I've gone to college too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I fell into that trap too, but I feel like schooling isn't to teach you how to be a boss. You know, it's not, they're not teaching you how to run a, a Fortune 500 company, you know, they're teaching you how to work for that company. Yeah. And l- unless you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer mm-hmm. or, you know, something that's a, 
a skill set like that, college is pointless. Mm-hmm. You know, unless unless you're being a doctor or a lawyer or anything else that falls under that type of work, you yeah. know, to, you absolutely need a degree mm. to work, you know? I think but, we should be – no, finish what you were going to say. No, you go ahead. You go ahead, bro. Go I ahead. was just going to say, I think we should be pushing or, like, helping, like, kids think, like, oh, you can go to trade school and learn a trade and, like – Exactly. You know, make a lot – a shit ton of money, yeah. you know, owning a plumbing company than you can, yeah. you know, getting a business yeah. degree and – you know yeah there's a lot of uh there's a lot of jobs that people go to school for that you can really take a online course for you know like an online training or um just a, a small training you don't have to really go get a degree to do that you know mm-hmm. yeah so i feel like uh like i said unless you're gonna be a doctor or a lawyer or you're gonna um work with some type of technology or something where you need a certain degree and a certain level of education to do so college is definitely a waste of time when there's so many other options to get that same type of training and education mm-hmm. you know especially with all these internet accesses nowadays and man you can, you can really learn anything on the internet now. yeah like, you gotta be careful because like you need to check your sources but yeah you can yeah yeah definitely definitely but like we have the entire world at our hands right now. Mm-hmm. Like literally anything you want to know, you can search on Google. You know, you don't, you don't, you can read a book, any book you can find in the library, you can find right here on your phone now. You know, it's crazy. What do you think your biggest tips for kids who want to start out making music would be? Um, have fun. That would be my biggest tip, man. Cause if this shit's not fun to you, you're not going to like it, you know? And that's with anything. I feel like that's a that's a tip to anybody who's starting anything new that they think they're passionate about. Make sure you're having fun, man. Try not to take yourself too serious. And uh, don't be afraid to fuck up. You're going to fuck up. And that comes with learning and getting better. Nobody who's good at anything didn't fuck up at it first, you know? So maybe... Uh, don't take yourself too serious and don't be afraid to embarrass yourself by yourself. Like, you know, if you're working on music and you're alone and you know, you're at home, don't be afraid to say some stupid shit. It's just you in there, you know, or if you're with your engineer, you know, it's just you and him, you know, like don't, don't take yourself too serious, have fun and don't be afraid to fuck up. That's those are my tips. All right, man. Well, before we hop off this, like, do you have anything you want to talk about, you know, just to end the conversation? Man, what do you want to talk about? We could talk about one last topic if you got one, man. We can talk about music some, a little more. Cause we, I mean, we, we talked about it a little bit, but like, what are you yeah. working on currently? I know you said you were really writing, but now that your yeah. son has been born, what, what are you going to do going forward in the last half of 20 years? Uh, I got two big features in the works. I'm not going to say who because have I haven't. I haven't completely locked it in, but it's in the works, and there, uh, there's, there's some big artists that I would love to work with, and so I'm working on that right now. I, I, I've wrote 14 songs. I just got to go to the studio and record them, and uh, I'm getting ready to move around a lot more. I can tell you that. I'm not going to – I won't be shooting any more music videos in Reno or Las Vegas or uh, – 
you know, I'm going to be moving. I'm, I'm trying to hit all 50 states this year. That'd be hard, bro. That'd be really Yeah, hard. so I'm trying to shoot a video in every state. That's something I could tell you. Uh, other than that, man, I'm, I'm, I'm really going to work on perfecting my craft. You know, not, not just because uh, I already enjoy this shit and I already love it and it's already fun to me. Mm-hmm. But now I want to build my vocabulary and be able to broaden my uh, just broaden my my capability, man. You know, I want to be able to push myself to a, a different level. You know, I actually just ordered a dictionary because I, I just told myself, I'm like, you know what, bro, I'm gonna read this bitch from front to back, and I'm gonna have you know, my daily five words and I'm just going to really try to build my vocabulary and have a, a broader Verizon on, on this shit, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to just uh, perfect my craft at this point. I'm about to buy an in-home studio. I'm still going to go to my uh, engineer, JT. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to buy an in-home studio, put it in my spare bedroom and fucking just go at it. You yeah. know, Definitely. I think you, that's oh, yeah. exactly what you got to do, bro. Just keep you, – you're a positive, big positive energy, man. And you, you always have, like, you know, like just a way of looking at the universe that, like, most people don't. It's very positive. And I think if you just keep doing what you need to do, keep grinding, it's only up. You know what I mean? Man, I appreciate that. Same to you, man. Vice versa. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, the only way something can definitely not work is if you quit. You know, so you have a better chance of something working by not giving up than you do of, you know, fuck this shit. You know, mm-hmm. as long as you don't give up, you have a, you have, you still have a chance of making something happen. Yeah. Man. You know? Well, man, this was fun. Thank you so much for coming on for the second time. Man, thank you for having me, man. It's always a joy to be on here, man. Yeah. We always get into some deep ass conversation and, yeah. you know, I like that. I like that about your podcast, man, because you, uh, you bring up conversations that other podcasts and other platforms don't, you know, other platforms are usually uh cookie cut questions. Yeah. You know, I, this isn't cookie cut. No, this is like, this is a genuine conversation. Yeah. Why, so I, I, like I feel that. like why have conversation if you're going to just sit here and talk about fucking shit that nobody cares about. Yeah. You know, talk about you know what your podcast kind of reminds me of? I think I said this last time, but uh, Adam 22. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not cookie cut at all either. No, he's you not. know, it's just all like on the go. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how it should be. It's just like a genuine conversation. Like, shouldn't be the same 10 questions for everybody, you know? No, it shouldn't, man. Yeah, so you keep doing what you're doing, bro. This is, this is great. Thanks, man. You too. Episode number 98 with One Way King Zoe or Kendall Blakely. You know, congrats to that man for having a son, you know, and I can't wait to see what he does in 2022. You know, as well, follow me on all your, my social media at Colin Demands or on all streaming platforms at Colin Demands Answers. Also, I apologize one more time for taking a little absence. And I will have a new logo out soon. I'm sorry I have short hair now. I know people are going to be in the comments like, why'd you cut your hair? It was time. It was time. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, have a beautiful weekend. Have a beautiful rest of 2022. And as always, stay demanding. <laughs>